My guest today is Alan Chowdhury. He is author of Introduction to Societal Systems Engineering and has Masters of Engineering in Electrical and Mechanical Engineering respectively from McGill University. Please enjoy the show. Hi, Alan. Hi, Pete. Right, so recently you have come out with a new book um, on yes. societal systems engineering that focuses on, I think, systems to help societies to be more sustainable. So I'd just like to start by discussing what is sustainability because it's a term we've seen thrown around in mass media a lot, but I think most people do not understand what it encompasses. So can you help the audience define what is sustainability? Okay, uh, yes, um, so, uh, you are right that um, this term is uh, very much uh, misunderstood uh, and most of the people, uh, they think that uh, sustainability is uh, related to environment. Uh, yes, environment is uh, just one aspect of uh, sustainability, but then um, uh, it has a lot more than just uh, sustainability. Uh, I mean that just uh, environment. Uh, sustainability is uh, um, uh, doing something uh, which is important for uh, next generation. What we got from uh, our ancestors, uh, we got uh, a good, uh, beautiful earth uh, uh, where uh, everyone could live and uh, uh, prosper. Uh, that is not situation uh, going to happen uh, um, as things are right now for our next generation. So sustainability is uh, uh, doing something uh, which is uh, which also next generation and then their next generation uh, can sustain, can maintain uh, uh, and uh, prosper um, on the finite uh, uh, earth uh, uh, with finite resources, uh, um, they can uh, develop uh, and maintain uh, their uh, usual life. This concept is also, you know, um, um, applicable not just to individual but also to nations and societies. So I hope that I'm able to clarify that what is sustainability so i think you brought up the the general idea of what sustainability is but um and you mentioned that it's not just environment so what other areas are there that um okay. of our living yeah thank you okay uh, united nation uh, when they uh, um when they took this uh, initiative uh, uh, they launched uh, um, uh, sustainable development uh, or sustainability initiative uh, in uh, 80s. Uh, they were considering uh, three dimensions uh, or three aspects of sustainability. They were considering uh, economics, uh, social, uh, and environment. Um, their sustainability model with uh, these three dimensions is not a sufficient model. It is problematic. Um, uh, one, uh, one very important aspect is that uh, most of these problems which we see that today, 
uh, whether it is an environmental, um, uh, whether it is a social aspect, whether it is an economy, most of these problems uh, are uh, directly or indirectly related to the development of uh, technology, development and management of uh, technologies. Uh, if we have, for example, uh, clean energy technologies that will help uh, to solve environmental problem. If we have uh, a good technology that will uh, uh, help uh, countries uh, to develop uh, economically and then socially as well. So the most important dimension in 21st century is development and management of technology. I will add one, one aspect further to this, sustainable technologies. And the United Nations model completely ignored it. And they are just considering environment, economics, and social. So um, the model which I have developed uh, that uh, goes beyond the United Nations model uh, and it includes uh, four dimensions uh, uh, which are the following uh, uh, socio-environment, socio-economic, socio-technological uh, and socio-cultural. So in these four dimensions, the very broad four dimensions of sustainability, and then following uh, uh, um, societal systems engineering approach, we can very much solve all kinds of world problems, which are covered under the major domain of sustainability. So um, I think you mentioned technology as one of the key pillars in your book, but technology is a term that's incredibly broad. So when you discuss technology, are there certain technologies they are thinking about? Yes, well, well, there are all kinds of uh, technologies. For example, uh, um, if we start uh, developing uh, environmental-friendly uh, technologies uh, and um, uh, following the right approach uh, for the development of those technologies, uh, we can very much uh, address uh, environmental issues. And once we address environmental issues, uh, then we can solve a lot of uh, um, economic uh, problem as well as a social problem. Uh, for example, uh, there are a lot of diseases which are, uh, which are caused by um, uh, bad environment. There are a lot of economics uh, problems which are um, uh, directly related to bad environment. So uh, technology is a very much a starting point uh, um, for the management of sustainability. So I just want to dig a bit deeper into this because I just want to paint a concrete picture for the audience when you talk yeah. about um uh I think I think right now we're still at a very general level of what technology is. So can you give a very concrete example of okay, um this particular technology is something that um will be very um impactful in our lives in the future, but we are not managing managing it in the appropriate manner right now. 
Yes, for example, uh, let me give you example of uh, um, uh, uh, solar energy, solar energy and other aspect of other kind of renewable energy such as uh, um, uh, wind energy and um, uh, um, also uh, um, some kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, hydrogen uh, fuel energy, uh, those kind of energies uh, which are uh, renewable. Uh, if we have a right model of, uh, let us say that uh, solar energy, we can, uh, we can uh, start uh, implementing uh, solar energy everywhere uh, in the world uh, if we have a right uh, cost model of uh, solar energy. Right now, for example, uh, in most of the country, when they are considering the solar energy versus uh, uh, thermal energy based on fossil fuel, uh, natural gas, uh, or um, uh, diesel, all that, uh, they are uh, they are comparing uh, cost uh, in a wrong way. Um, in my book, I have uh, uh, a separate chapter uh, on uh, cost of uh, energy. Uh, when they compare cost, they only compare cost from um, a capitalistic uh, uh, viewpoint. That is a financial uh, aspect of uh, the project. Uh, they say that, well, uh, financially, we see that uh, solar energy is more expensive, thus it is not affordable. That is a totally wrong thing. That is a wrong uh, um, understanding. When they, um, when they are comparing model, uh, solar energy cost uh, versus uh, fossil fuel cost, uh, they are not considering uh, damaging aspect of uh, fossil fuel-based energy um, generation system. Uh, they only consider uh, just uh, um, uh, hard kind of cost, uh, just uh, cost of uh, equipment. They are not considering a soft cost. What is the cost of uh, making uh, people sick? What is the cost of uh, when people are dying uh, due to um, uh, lung problems uh, and other uh, problems which uh, result uh, as a... Uh, as a uh, part of uh, fossil fuel operation or fossil fuel based energy. There are all kind of uh, um, uh, models and data available that how these uh, uh, fossil fuel based energy system, uh, how much damage they are causing. Then on top of that, they will not consider damage caused to environment. Uh, when we have uh, when we have a right uh, cost model for solar energy and also for fossil fuel energy, we see that uh, solar energy is much much cheaper than fossil fuel even today. Even it is a cheaper, even it was cheaper five year back. So so uh, world is the world is really uh, operating uh, in a in a very um, um, uh, wrong way in the way they calculate cost model uh, and then they compare all those things are uh, 
based on financial thinking, not on system thinking. Um, so I agree with you on that. But what about um, nations or governments that already include externalities of um, fossil fuels into their calculations and are subsidizing, um, for example, renewable energy? So are there things that they can do better as well? Yes, yes, they can do much better. Uh, as I have uh, um, uh, mentioned to you that uh, in my book, uh, um, I have uh, one chapter dedicated to this, uh, that how to calculate uh, right uh, um, cost of uh, solar energy and uh, fossil fuel-based energy. And um, uh, following that kind of model, uh, when you compare uh, real cost of uh, solar energy versus uh, fossil fuel energy, solar energy-based uh, um, uh, energy system uh, is much, much cheaper. So, um, so what do you think that governments or individuals or companies are not calculating the full cost appropriately right now? What, like, uh, yeah. Uh, as I have uh, mentioned that first of all, uh, first of all, all our society, uh, regardless of which country, whether it is um, America, whether it is Singapore, uh, or whether it is African countries, they are running uh, on the knowledge framework of uh, 19th and 20th century that knowledge framework to solve societal problems which which we are using in 21st century those knowledge framework were developed in 19th and 20th century those knowledge framework are not applicable in 21st century 21st century has a very much a different kind of problems as compared to 20th century. Um, in my book, uh, I introduce uh, um, in first chapter uh, that what is the difference between uh, 20th century and 21st century. Um, uh, so uh, all these uh, government or societies, uh, they follow 19th and 20th century knowledge framework uh, to address the uh, problem of uh, 21st century. So that is what is uh, wrong with that. And that is why they are failing. That is why they are failing. Uh, they are not able to understand the problem to begin with. And if you don't understand the problem, you are not going to solve it. If you are going to solve it, uh, somehow you are not going to have a right solution. You can solve one problem uh, but on the same time, you can create 20 other problems, um, uh, which will happen as a part of your solution. So um, that is one very big problem. I give you example. Uh, um, United Nations, they had a resolution passed that every country should implement environmental uh, policy to improve environment. So what happened that every developing country, they established 
ministry of uh, environment uh, um, and control so um, in those uh, in those ministries what happened that it opened a gateway for uh, briberies so those ministers and government especially in developing and underdeveloped countries that gave government an opportunity for corruption if someone wants to start a project doesn't matter what kind of that project is if it is a small factory if it is even you know Uh, kind of restaurant you know all those kind of things so you have to get uh, approval uh, from uh, environment uh, department environment department uh, they became just uh, rubber stampers they say okay you give us uh, x amount of uh, money we will approve your project so whole that uh, purpose of uh, establishing uh, environment uh, department in every country and city that had a negative impact so as a result of that environment has not approved if someone analyze data for last 10 15 years environment has not improved in those years it is getting worse and worse so so that mean that all government approaches which they try to solve the problems they are not working because they are implementing wrong kind of knowledge to solve the problems so um i addressed all these problem in a new knowledge framework which i introduce in my book uh, introduction to societal systems engineering So we know that institutions are are made of individuals, and and usually some institutions are extremely hard to change. So, what what are your hopes in publishing this book, and how do you foresee that the individuals, I mean the institutions, they see as outdated? How do you foresee them changing? Well, they need to they need to change. Uh, they 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 need to think uh, out of box. They need to understand. Uh, uh what they are doing right now what they have been doing for last uh, 50 years uh i give you example you know if there is a, if there are some problem related to uh some unemployment in a region uh usually they have economist uh are who are specialist in uh labor market kind of economy they will try to come up with a solution only and only considering economic aspect of that solution they will not think the other impact of that solution for example cultural aspect for example technology aspects for example environmental aspect they don't consider that because they don't have that knowledge their knowledge is only limited to economics um in which uh, they are very good uh, some of them are uh, very good uh, but if you see that uh, most of these problem today which we have uh, um those are because of implementing a wrong kind of knowledge 
when uh, when economists say that uh, 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 to solve uh, a country problem uh, if country has some uh, higher deficit uh, they will say okay go to uh, imf and imf will give you solution imf has a um, no number of economists sitting over there they will only give you solution um, which will solve which will address their problem they don't care that how that society will function or not whether that society will survive or not they will say okay we are giving you x amount of dollar as a loan and you have to pay us and this is the way how you will pay us you will increase taxes on people you will cut your services healthcare services to people you will cut your r&d to um, uh, r&d for development you will stop a construction project uh, uh, and you collect more revenue so that you pay to us so instead of trying to solve that country deficit problem they are creating more problems I think what I'm hearing from you is that people will change when they have the new knowledge. Is that is that a right interpretation? Yes, yes. Uh, people should change when they have a uh, new knowledge, and they should introduce uh, new knowledge. Um, uh, as I have introduced in my book. Uh, it is a new field of studies it is a new knowledge framework which should be introduced in various uh, uh, academic institute various government should introduce it because it brings every aspect of society together simultaneously it addresses every aspect of uh, society um uh, for example a um, lot of uh, lot of countries uh, they mayor their development based on gdp gdp is a totally wrong metric uh, to uh, to assess uh, development of a society or sustainability gdp is uh, uh, um, gdp should be completely eliminated government should get rid of gdp then question is uh, what could replace gdp in my book i introduce a concept of societal capital societal capital is a large aspect of a large framework of calculating capital of a society every society has a lot of capital and at the top level i divide that societal capital in four dimensions exactly those four dimensions which i mentioned for a sustainability model those four dimensions are again um, socio technological dimension socio environmental socio cultural and socio economic then under each of these dimensions there are sub dimensions and sub domains and um, you assess all those dimensions and all those sub domain you can come up with a good asset 
are good societal capital that society has. Um, for example, if a society has good institutes, those institutes have some value. If that society has bad institute, which will introduce uh, corruption in the society, those institute have a negative value. In the same way, if there are a good research and development organization in a university or another research organization, those are good asset of the society. Those things, uh, uh, those things should be improved. Uh, GDP does not cover any of those things. If there is a, if there is a good environment uh, um, uh, in a society, that should be evaluated, that should be assessed and uh, uh, transformed into monetary values. If there is a lake of uh, clean water in a country, that uh, clean water has some values that should be added. If there is a good forest in a country, there are uh, you know, um, uh, 10 million uh, trees in that country, each of those trees has value. That value should be added. If there are uh, good uh, technocrats in a country, good engineers, good scientists, all those people uh, which, uh, which should be covered under uh, human capital, they have value. Those should be evaluated. So, GDP does not solve any problem, rather GDP create problem. So uh, world is totally um, functioning, uh, as I said, uh, in the wrong uh, framework of knowledge. I do agree with you that um, we need a more comprehensive framework for assessing capital, but um, do you not foresee that uh, in individuals or institutions may have um, certain interests that they want to uh, protect such that implementation of your ideas will be difficult? Yes, I think that, I think it is not uh, difficult. It is just a matter of getting out of that um, uh, box. Um, uh, uh, in my book, I propose this new knowledge framework. Uh, and uh, at this time, I would like to mention that already there are some initiative, uh, some countries, uh, some leading institutes, uh, they have started thinking about it. Last year in 2019, uh, MIT has launched a, a PhD program, which does not cover everything what I say in my book, but it comes very much uh, like uh, 40, 50% uh, close to what I am uh, proposing in my book. So, so some institutes, they have started and uh, that is a completely new program in MIT. And I think that name of that program is uh, uh, Social and uh, Engineering Management, something like this. It is a, PhD program. If you Google, uh, uh, for example, uh, um, and you say that uh, MIT new program in uh, engineering uh, and social management, something like this, uh, it will show you. So uh, already some institute have uh, uh, started, uh, but I think that uh, this should be immediately implemented at a large scale in every country, in every region of the world.
um, especially Singapore is uh, um, sing, uh, Singapore is a very progressive uh, kind of city state, uh, and um, uh, if Singapore take initiative uh, on this thing. Uh, I think it will do wonderful thing for Singapore. Singapore can lead then the rest of that Asia to introduce this thing further. Right. Um, I think you mentioned in your book that um, from what I read from the table of contents is that you, you seem to think very highly of China's economic success. Is that right? Yes. Uh, well, I... I Mention in my book, yes, China has a uh, China success is a tremendous success. It is a, it is a, beyond any doubt that they have very successfully uh, managed everything. But then you look at the core of uh, that success. How China has succeeded? China has succeeded because China followed the path of technology development. So they developed their capabilities, their manufacturing capabilities, uh, uh, you know, all kind of uh, manufacturing uh, capabilities. So China became a manufacturing house of the world. So starting point was technology and still, uh, in my view, that the future of China depends on how they manage and develop technology. So, so what, uh, what advice do you give to, let's say, the Chinese government on how they should manage that technology? I think, um, especially in the field of artificial intelligence, um, it's very well, disputed. Well, I think that China is very much on a right path. They are very much emphasizing on artificial intelligence and robotics and automation, all that. That is the future. And uh, any country um, uh, that could be, you know, a leader or superpower, you know, uh, whether it is, uh, whether America is going to stay as a superpower or um, China will, uh, will take over, it all depends on technology. What kind of technology could be developed um, in a very cost-effective way, in a very robust way, uh, which could uh, help uh, countries uh, to flourish? You know, whole game is whole game is uh, technology. You know, if you see that, uh, if you ask uh, one question, uh, you know, one simple question, uh, why America is uh, powerful. My answer is America is powerful because of its technology. When you have a technology, when you have a, um, when you are leader in technology, it will give you um, economic advantages. Uh, you will be economically uh, also well off. When you are economically well off, you are politically well off. When you are politically well off and economically well off and technology and technologically well off, you very much rule the world. So what advice do you give to uh, India, which is a nation that is similar, to, I don't know the exact numbers, but I suppose similar to China in terms of size, but not quite having the economic progress that China has? Well, 
Well, uh, well, you see that uh, one reason that China has a uh, progress uh, so well, there are uh, cultural aspects also. Uh, China has a culture uh, which is uh, uh, which is uh, very much aggressive kind of culture. Uh, I should say that uh, um, if I can use this word. Uh, and on the same time, uh, uh, there is a culture of uh, uh, peace uh, to a some extent. That uh, that culture does not exist in India. India was on a right track, uh, like uh, you know, um, uh, six seven years ago. But now India is on a totally wrong track. You don't develop a nation. You don't flourish if you if you um, have some social problem or if you create a social unrest. Um, uh, you you start uh, focusing on nationalism and uh, um, you um, marginalize uh, some communities. Uh, uh, minorities, uh, you ignore the uh, rights of uh, minorities, uh, and um, uh, that is uh, those are cultural aspect. That is why in my model uh, um, of societal capital, uh, I mention a cultural dimension, a socio-cultural aspect of a society. Whenever you are developing, you need to address that social and cultural aspect of that society. If you don't address those aspects, you are not going to succeed. Sooner or later, you are going to fail. So that is what uh, that is what is the problem right now with India. Yes, India has a very much, uh, you know, um, in terms of. Uh, population it is uh, approaching uh, to china uh, but then it has a lot of other problems uh, which are self created uh, problem in indian culture so um, without addressing uh, those problem i don't think that india can um, uh, can uh, achieve uh, that kind of success which uh, china has achieved um from what i feel here so far, I would argue that you may be cherry picking because when you talk about nationalism and um picking on minority, I think China and the, the Chinese Communist Party are, are quite um guilty of that as well. So, what do you think? Well, well, uh, I think that uh, you know that is other aspect of China. I think that China should also you know um. Ad, uh, address uh, some of its uh, uh, cultural uh, problems uh, and uh, you know social aspect, uh, um, and um, you just cannot ignore uh, those things. Uh, uh, sooner or later, uh, those things are going to catch you, uh, and at that time it will be too late. So uh, I think that uh, in uh, in uh, my view that China is doing excellent thing, but also on the same time, it should address um, some of its uh, problem. It should open more towards a new idea and uh, you know um, uh, and address its cultural problem. Uh, uh, China has uh, 
some aspect uh, you know um, uh, of culture uh, in uh, in western uh, province uh, and also in hong kong uh, and you know all those areas so it should it should be sensitive to all those uh, problem and address it um i, I think i think i have this question that's common to whether china to india or even to us is that um i think they do understand that there is a need for some form of um respect for different cultures but it's not being done so do you feel that the main thing is just a lack of understanding because that seems rather simplistic to me yeah no it is not uh, it is not too simple it is difficult it is uh, uh, difficult and um, uh, but it is doable you can do it it is not if you see that uh, if you see that uh, um, uh, rise of uh, america you know for uh, last 100 years for example uh, right after world war 1 uh, and especially after uh, world war 2 and all during uh, cold war years uh, america was uh, very much uh, kind of uh, you know uh, addressing all these uh, aspect uh, and uh, you know uh, freedom of speech uh, right of individuals uh, uh and um, uh you know open society america has become a melting pot of the world you can find here uh, very much every nationality uh, uh chinese indian uh, african everyone um and uh, with all those uh, people uh, you know peacefully um, working uh, for the betterment of america and all that and uh, uh, look at the innovation um, uh, which america had all that so uh, that was uh, as a result of very peaceful culture and addressing every aspect of uh, different uh, minorities lately for uh, last 4 5 years uh, that thing is uh, fading away um america is now you know um in a different kind of situation and uh, that is going to have some kind of setback uh, on america and we are already seeing that um how world showed uh, how world used to respect uh, america for 4 5 years ago it is not anymore so this is what happens when you are when you don't follow um uh comprehensive kind of uh, you know approach to develop your society you you ignore some problems or you address some problem in a wrong way sooner or later those are going to catch you and as i said then it is too late every problem in the world uh, has solution why some societies are failing and other are successful some societies which are successful uh, they have a better solution for the problem other society why they are not successful uh, they have a wrong solution for the problems so uh, uh, that is a very much uh, across the world 
so it seems like you're just suggesting that um the the racism that we see in US nowadays is a byproduct of bad systems. So what are those bad systems? Well, you see that uh, um, uh, when you see that those system, uh, democracy is not working anymore anywhere. Whether it is the USA, whether it is India, democracy is not working anymore. Democracy has become very corrupt. Uh, people, they just vote. And then people in power with wealth, they abuse that vote for their benefit. That is why that inequality has emerged. So what was happening with democracy that has impact on economic system, which is on in the USA or in uh, most of other country, it is a very well known, it is a capitalism. So capitalism and uh, democracy, uh, for some time uh, they were working uh, hand in hand, uh, but realistically they don't work hand in hand. Uh, what is happening in the USA, for example, uh, democracy has been stolen. Uh, all uh, rich people, uh, industrialist uh, corporations, uh, they have their lobbyist, uh, which uh, which uh, uh, they use uh, for their benefit. Nobody thinks about uh, ordinary people, uh, how ordinary people uh, are surviving. And uh, Donald Trump election, that was a result of that. So outcome of Donald Trump election in 2016, that was a net result of where democracy and capitalism, they have failed. And that failure is not just here, that failure is everywhere. In India, it is a similar kind of situation. It is a rather worse situation over there. In every country which, uh, which they are trying to implement uh, democracy, they have uh, problems. Um, uh, in Singapore, for example, Singapore is uh, successful. Uh, Singapore, uh, right from the very beginning, it has so far only one party government. Yes, they have other parties, but those parties are very much uh, negligible. So um, uh, in this way, uh, democracy has uh, its own problem. Uh, um, uh, when you have election, uh, which is determined based on uh, uh, how much you invest in election, uh, how much uh, money you spent on advertisement, uh, how much uh, money you spent in buying your votes uh, as it happened in uh, other countries in uh, um, in africa or in uh, south america or in india you know you know in all those countries so um, democracy is uh, not working uh, as it is right now
so same thing is also same thing is also capitalism system capitalism as a economic system it also has failed it has failed miserably to address ordinary people problem rich are becoming richer and richer poor are becoming poor and poor middle class is just disappearing uh, are getting you know in uh, narrower and narrower so um, uh, that is not how system should work um system uh, should not work in that way and that system uh, which has failed uh, that system need to be redesigned reworked uh, redeveloped and until uh, that thing happens uh, societal problems are not going to be solved they so, are going to get yeah. worse, and worse. I was just looking through at the table of contents and um, can you give the audience a rough overview then of the political system that you propose? Well, I will, uh, I will uh, um, uh, not be able to go in this uh, in, uh, in detail uh, uh, in this interview. That will be another interview. I think uh, I suggest you to have that. Uh, and in the meanwhile, uh, my that uh, book, uh, which I am working on right now, that second book, uh, that will come uh, and that book will, uh, will have a completely new solution uh, of uh, world these uh, problems. Uh, um, I... With due respect, uh, I request you to you know wait for some time and uh, let that uh, book come out. Okay, is it possible to give any sneak peek of um, any key ideas or one or two ideas from that book? Then, well, well, just one or two ideas that uh, democracy has to be universal. It has to be in every country. Well, we should get rid of all these elected people. Uh, when, when, whenever uh, uh, there is some problem, uh, people should vote directly uh, for that uh, problem solution. This current model of democracy, it is about. Uh, Two, three hundred year old model when there was no communication, when there were even no roads, no uh, no automobile, and um, it was kind of impossible to have an opinion of that many people on the same time. So at that time, it was decided okay, people elect their representative, and those representatives they sit in a in a place uh, which is uh, called uh, parliament or congress or uh, you know uh, that kind of uh, uh, environment uh, in the capital of a city or country you know so uh, they sit over there and uh, they discuss the problem so that old model uh, does not work anymore uh, all those people who are elected as soon as uh, they go to their offices, uh, they start working uh, not for the voter, uh, but for the donor uh, who gave them money for their election. And uh, right away, then they start thinking about uh, 
next election uh, which will happen uh, you know two three four years uh, down on the road so they start uh, uh, preparing for that election uh, right after uh, their uh, first election so this thing continues so those people uh, who elected they are totally ignored so we have to change uh, that model um we have to develop a learning society we have to educate uh, uh, our people uh, and uh, those people should be able to sort out what is a good and what is a bad for the society and then in some uh, countries where people are not educated for example in a lot of underdeveloped or third world or developing countries uh, there is a Uh, lack of education and then those kind of uh, people they should be guided uh, uh, by some regional uh, um, institute or regional uh, offices uh, that what they should do and uh, you know and uh, let those people uh, um, guide uh, let those people decide that uh, what they will uh, like to do but on the same time those people should be taught in a very simple way in their own language that what is good for them and people should be taught not just good for them but they should also be taught what is good for their society uh, it should not be in that way that it is nationalism no nationalism should not be encouraged it should be encouraged that society that how you can contribute for the sustainable societies uh, and what what you should do um let's talk a bit about the education that you mentioned and uh, i think you also mentioned that in your book um about fake media so what are your thoughts on fake media and how we can solve the problems that is presenting yes well uh, well uh, you know uh, uh that is again a problem of technologies development when i say that develop technologies in a right way when the social media was developed such as facebook and twitters and all that people who were developing these technologies they were short sighted they didn't have understanding how these technologies could be manipulated and misused if someone would have thought about how these technology could be harmful for the society then they should have addressed it uh, right now uh, social media is causing a lot of problems and uh, um, it has created uh unrest uh, in many part of the world uh, distrust uh, in their institutions uh, other countries are uh, using uh, these uh, technologies to manipulate elections uh, all that so um, solution is uh, revisit uh, these platform redesign these platform in such a way that they cannot be misused and those things are doable uh um all you need is a right kind of people uh, with good system thinking uh, skills uh, to develop uh, and manage uh, these uh, technologies 
so that has been uh, uh, not the case with these uh, technologies development and in my book uh, um, i address uh, these aspect of uh, uh, technology development technology development is not simple process it is very difficult and uh, that's why that uh, uh, so many country in the world uh, they are not able to develop uh, right kind of uh, technologies and uh, in the absence of uh, those technologies those country they stay poor they have not been able to develop so develop uh, good technology is a very very critical uh, um, which is a good for the society and humanity um, so um, whenever we are developing technologies we should look into all these four uh, dimensions the cultural aspect economic aspect uh, um, environmental aspect uh, and um, then uh, technological aspect so uh, we need to address all those so this this uh point you mentioned about how it's possible design systems or technology such that it can't be misused i'm not sure i agree with that um do you have any example of any technology that was designed it cannot be misused uh well uh well uh well very much uh, i will say that uh, you know um almost every technology could be misused um but you can build in some kind of system some kind of check and balance that that technology cannot be misused um uh, in social media there are right now lot of problem lot of uh, uh, wrong information is uh, is uh, um uh conveyed and displayed that problem could be addressed uh, designing a good system you have uh, you have uh, you you establish some kind of boundary around the system that okay if this uh, uh, if this kind of information is coming in the system uh, you get rid of uh, that uh, information right way you just kill it you just cancel it or you just delete it automatically um, those people who are who are trying to spread or misuse that information they will do for some time and and when they fail they will stop it uh, you know uh, so uh, that is that is just one example um, you look at uh, uh, you look at uh, all kind of uh, you know uh, uh, technology if um, uh, someone could go back uh, like uh, 30 40 years ago when global positioning system was used uh, uh, was introduced and um, it was a, it was a system which was designed in a very robust way that uh, you cannot hijack you cannot hijack system and so far uh, that system is working very well even uh, with all these uh, um uh, new uh, system uh, which are based on gps uh, such as uh, 
uh, Uber uh, and uh, Lyft, uh, which are using uh, these uh, technology of GPS, uh, they are using it uh, successfully. Uh, it has not been uh, misused or abused. So uh, you develop those uh, technologies with some kind of uh, wall, uh, which will uh, which will uh, protect uh, misuse of those uh, technologies. Right. Um, I'll leave the audience to ponder about that and maybe perhaps read your book to get a better understanding of the ideas you meant. So I just want to end this call with one final question, and that is. Um, what are some books or resources they recommend, aside from your, your own, to, to better understand this issue? Well, uh, well, first of all, you know, um, I will uh, you know, uh, refer you to my book. Uh, and um, I can say that uh, proudly that um, my book is the first book in the world uh, on uh, this uh, issue um, uh, for the development of a sustainable society. And when we say that sustainable society, it is not just one aspect. You cannot develop a sustainable society, for example, if you have a poor government. Uh, if government cannot function, you cannot develop sustainable society. If there is a corruption, in a country, you cannot uh, develop a sustainable society. So the solution which uh, someone should implement, uh, that should address all these aspects. And in my book, uh, there is a new model of sustainability. There is a new model of uh, managing a government. Uh, it is called uh, um, uh, uh, government efficiency maturity model. Uh, it is an evolutionary model, a stepwise approach, how you can go from one step to next step to next step, managing and developing a good government. In the same way, there is a corruption control model, how you can control corruption. In this way, there is also model for managing and developing institutions, which will, which will help uh, in the development of society. Um, uh, then there is a model for a development of technologies. Then there is a, uh, an, an approach for the development of a societal system. So there is no, as far as I know, there is no such, such elaborated framework of knowledge which I have introduced in my book it is not available at this stage anywhere in the world. So this is the first book. Uh, and I think that uh, I also say that uh, someone could get a lot of good business idea from this, uh, uh, this book and, and start a new business, a new opportunity in your own area or cities, wherever you are. Uh, as I mentioned earlier also, uh, GDP, for example, uh, as a metric for the measurement of uh, economic uh, success uh, um, or economic development, that is a wrong uh, metric. Uh, European Union, uh, they have done a lot of research work on that. Uh, they agree that, yes, it is a wrong metric. 
in the usa there are a lot of organization they also acknowledge yes it is the wrong metric but none of them has a come come to a new solution that what could replace gdp and i have a whole chapter about 65 70 pages which addresses how societal capital can replace gdp so all those the major problem which societies are facing today i have covered in my this about 550 pages book and i am working on other books um uh, which will uh, which will be like seven eight other books will come in next about 2 uh, 3 years uh in fact uh, one book will be available uh, next year uh, uh, most likely in first quarter of uh, next year and um, uh, i am uh, i am uh, um, working on uh, very much in a system way uh i consider society as a system not as a society uh, um, just uh, people i consider society as a system and system should be treated as a system not based on some kind of uh, um unworkable ideologies and uh, you know wrong kind of thinking uh, you know uh, socialism versus communism uh, democracy versus uh, um uh, you know um, socialism or imperialism all those kind of things those should not be uh, society or societal development should not be considered in that point of view it should be considered as a system when you develop when you try to develop a good system how that good system should function okay thank you so much for your time alan um i will put your book in the show notes and have a good night yes and and uh, my book website i hope that you know that it is a Uh, yeah, w- I do know. W- I'll, I'll now put that in the yeah. show notes so the audience can refer easily. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you very much for your time and uh, giving me this opportunity uh, on your uh, podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, as this will help people to find the show. In addition, please do share this episode with one to three friends whom you think will enjoy as well. Thank you.